What's going on, Maple Leafs fans? Uh, happy Saturday. The Leafs just lost in overtime to the Nashville Predators in a game that, at the beginning, didn't look very good. And as the game went better and better, it looked like everybody was playing a little bit better. So I hope that your night is going just as well. Uh, welcome to Game Over. It is just me tonight. I am your host, Lauren Williamson. Uh, before we get going, please make sure you, if you guys can hit like and subscribe. It really helped the stream out. Um, I'm sure some of you have a, have this on at a hockey party, in which case, welcome, that would be me too. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, tonight it's just going to be me talking about the game. A game that, like I said, Samsonov didn't look so good at the start of the game, letting the first one of the first four shots in again. But as the game went on, looked better and better. It must be that last year mask. Maybe this New Year's mask had a bit of, bit of bad juju. Whatever it was. Samsonov, as the game went on, just looked more calm, looked more steady, was making better saves, and was making all of us clench maybe just a little bit less as the game went on. Uh, so we're going to talk about the game right off the bat. Um, let's get right to it because, uh, like I said, I'm sure some of you are at a party. So, uh, like, so just to start off the game, we actually start off, instead of the Matthews-Marner uh, line to start off, we actually have Bertuzzi... Tavares and Nylander starting. Uh, 14 seconds in, good good chances right off the bat. It was really nice to see the Leafs come out uh, playing really well to start the game in terms of forward-wise. Um, Samsonov made a good save two minutes in. It was nice to see him make that first save. I'm sure he was able to exhale very well after that. I know that I can only imagine how well he's played. I'm sure if you're here, you saw his comments yesterday in the interview um, when he was talking about not feeling very well, obviously he mentioned the fact that he knew that he wasn't performing well. And so we can only imagine uh, after a game like tonight, even though they only got the one point that maybe he starts to feel a bit better because he did seem to get his feet under him more and more as the game went on, which again was just so good to see. Um, the Leafs clear can't clear the puck. Five minutes in, Willie gets a couple good chances. Riley getting a good chance right off the right off the crossbar. Um, shots were six-two for Toronto. Twelve minutes in, limiting Nashville, who, while they aren't necessarily known as an offensive juggernaut, obviously do have some very strong players on their team and are definitely able to bury it. And fortunately, the Leafs actually bury it first. William Nylander on a beautiful one-timer, uh, most of the way through the first period after some ridiculous ridiculous saves from UC Saros. We're going to talk all about both goalies um, later on in the show, but uh, just right off the bat, uh, the Leafs starting off strong. Um, like I said, it was it was nice to see Samsonov get some saves, but it seemed like the Leafs were getting a lot of chances, a lot, almost, almost similar to the game uh, against Washington the other night where Washington was getting all kinds of opportunities and just not getting them in. UC Saros stealing more than a couple of really good opportunities from the Leafs. Um, right at the beginning of the game and all the way through the game. I mean, he's one of the best goalies in the league. I actually have him on my fantasy team, so uh, it was a bittersweet game for me. I was sort of hoping that the Leafs would finish off the road trip strong. They had a really good road trip, actually, considering it's the first one of the year. Normally, the first road trip of the year, even the first month of the year, isn't very good, and the first road trip is usually not played as well as they have, and they actually fit, have managed to finish this road trip off 3-1-1. One, one. It would have been nice to get the to get the last win right before we head home, but, um, you know, that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles, right? Um, Nashville, 
right after William Nylander scoring, Nashville gets a gets a power play, and they make good on the first of of many power play goals that they made in this game. Uh, listen, everybody, death taxes and former Leafs scoring against the Leafs, just the first of his tonight. Um, and and that goal was the only goal that I had written down that Sammy let in that I really wish that he could have saved. Um, you know, the, the play for O'Reilly when he's standing right at the goal line and he has it and he actually just makes like a, a fairly slow turn and play. And, and if Sammy just has his pad, like, you know, two inches lower, that goal doesn't go in and maybe it doesn't go to overtime and, and maybe this stream starts a couple minutes sooner. Uh, that was the, the first, I think it was the fourth shot on goal and he lets it in and, I mean, it's unfortunate to see, right? After the last game that he played, he lets in, you know, three on the f- three goals on the first four shots. So, I got to admit, when he let that goal in, I, 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 I winced out loud. I did because I was hoping. I think we were all hoping that as as the games went on and 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 as he got another opportunity, maybe he would be able to, you know, start the game a little bit stronger. It was obviously a little bit deflating to see them. Uh, to see Nashville score so soon after taking a one nothing lead. There was only a minute 27 actually between uh, the Leafs goal and the Ryan O'Reilly goal. Um, that's actually, it's, it's been a trend so far this season. I don't know if you, if you, if you're watching this, maybe you've noticed, but this year specifically in almost every single Leafs game, at some point the Leafs will get a goal and within a minute and 40 seconds, the other team either draws a penalty from the Leafs because they're playing sloppy and, and playing a little bit too loosey-goosey, or they just get a goal. It's been a trend in almost every game so far this year. As soon as the Leafs score a goal, they seem to let their foot off the gas. The The exception, of course, being the game uh, last weekend against Tampa Bay where they scored three in a row, but that was an outlier. And even in that game, there was there was a goal that was scored by the Leafs, and not, not 90 seconds later, the other team puts the puck in the back of the net for against the Leafs. So uh, that trend seems to be continuing, unfortunately, and a good trend that we can talk about. Uh, William Nylander extending his point streak to start the season. Uh, what was it? I have it written down here. Eight goal game, eight game goal streak. Pardon me. Uh, ties the league, fr- the league, not the league record, the franchise record for most goals to start the season in a row. Um, so that's obviously... We all know that as the games are going on, as we're getting deeper into the season, William Nylander's contract is being ratcheted up one point. With It seems like with every game. With every game that he plays, he has another fantastic play, and, uh, and he's earning his next contract. And I imagine that as he plays as well as he does and continues to produce and even be somewhat responsible on the PK, I imagine that the Leafs want to sign him even more and more. So uh, let's hope that that happens soon, but it doesn't happen before the end of the period. Penalty taken right at the end of the first. Klingberg with a bad trip with 2.37 to go. Uh, UC Saros UC makes a huge save. Uh, right right before the end of the period with 14 seconds left. And we go into the first intermission. Um, the notes I have written down here tied 1-1, but Samsonov seemed fight him, and Samsonov seemed like he was fighting, and Saros was just strong. I mean, UC Saros is just one of the best, one of the best, and I think one of the most underrated goals in the in the entire league. A lot of other people, a lot of people talk about, 
you know, Shosturkin and Vasilevsky and Connor Hellebuck. And that's not to take away from any of those goalies, but UC Saros is one of the smaller goalies in the league. And I say small, but I believe he's actually like six foot. But he's very explosive and he's in a controlled way and he's he has a lot of energy. His ability to move across the crease is really impressive. And, and I'm not trying to jack... I'm not trying to jack his tires up or anything like that, but uh, UC Saros really kept the National Predators in the game to start the to start the first period. Um, the second period obviously starts. Lag- William Legacy, actually, I didn't really notice him in the first period, but he gets a really nice shot two minutes in that is gone just wide. Noah Gregor hits a post right after that. Um, uh, UC Saros, another post. Uh, Marner chants right from a really good interception. That was right, right, right in front of the Nashville goal line. Uh, what an opportunity for him. I, I thought that that was going to go in, and I was a little bit sad when it didn't, to be t- totally honest. The shots were 18-8 to eight for Toronto, five minutes and 40 seconds into the second period. The, I, don't, I wouldn't say that this is a game where necessarily the Leafs got goalied. It was just a really good goaling, man. Like, he's a really good goalie. He's one of those people where... You know, if 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 for some reason, a, you know, fairy godmother comes down and asks me to trade someone from the Nashville Predators onto the Leafs, I would have a hard time not picking UC Saros. Even though Roman Yossi's there, and obviously Ryan O'Reilly is a, is an excellent player, and he scores twice tonight, and I would love for him to have stayed on the Leafs. Um, but man, it, it, it's games like tonight where you really see the difference in a tight game. Even though, like I said, Samsonov was getting better as the game went on. You see Saros is just so, he's so strong in his net and he's so calm. He gives the team that he plays behind so much confidence and they don't have to worry about some of the things. And he, he steals so many saves. He steals so many, so many, so many saves that it's, it's, it just makes me want to rip my notebook in half sometimes because I would just give anything for Samsonov to be able to tap into a little bit of that. And and I have to imagine that even though Samsonov, is the, as the game went on and he did get stronger, well, we'll talk about that later, but I just have so many notes about UC Saros, it's hard to not comment on it, honestly. Uh, but the Leafs actually are able to recover the lead. Mark Giordano, in good positioning, being very, very quiet, uh, that has to have been his first his first goal in like something like forty games. I mean, I, he's obviously the the oldest player in the league right now, so obviously the oldest goal scorer in the league. It was a really nice goal from from Max Domi and and David Kempf, two two players that um, on the third line. Even though the third line hasn't necessarily been producing as much as we had hoped in terms of goals, they are the reason that that goal happens. And and Gio just looked so happy, like he was standing there with his arms open, like guys. Come love me. And it was so good to see them uh, go over and give him a big hug. He looked really, really, really excited about it. But what happens a minute and 20 seconds later, people? What happens? You know what's coming, right? A minute and 20 seconds later. Oh, that's right. Nashville scores to tie it again. Because we can't have a minute and a half. We can't even let the arena finish announcing who scored the Leafs goal before they let another one in. And who is it? Ryan O'Reilly, again. Ah, oh, it was, it was almost the same play too. It was, it was so rough to see. Like the the power play, it was another power play goal. I did, I didn't mention that. My apologies. The Kelly Yonkroke trip that happens. 
a minute and 20 seconds after the goal, right? Nashville scores a minute into their power play. <laughs> like, it was... It, you could just feel it. Like, I'm not... I don't personally... I'm not, I'm not a big sports better. I don't really like gambling. It's not really my thing. But... And I don't... I'm not trying to condone gambling here, especially if you're an NHL player. But... Death taxes and, and former Leafs scoring against the Leafs. Am I right, everybody? Like, we can't have been surprised that he played so well tonight. I'm surprised that he didn't get a hat trick. I thought for sure that he was going to get the overtime goal when it went to overtime. Just because... Gestures broadly to everything. Right? It was... It was... It was tough to see him score both of the goals that tied the game tonight. It was really rough to see. Obviously, he looks happy there. And I'm glad that he's happy, but I'm also super bummed that he wasn't able to stay, that we could, that he didn't want to stay as much as we hoped that he would stay. Um, and there was a couple penalties that were taken. Nashville slash on the, on the Leafs with 4.33 to go. Nashville kills it off. And uh, they are 50% on the night for their power plays to end the second period. And I got to tell you, everybody, going into the third, I actually felt pretty good. I felt pretty good. Even though even though Soros was playing so well, it really felt like the quality of chances that the Leafs were getting wasn't going to go fully stopped the rest of the game. The Leafs were leading in shots by almost 10 for the whole game. It really felt like they were dominating on the offense. And as the game went on more and more, it seemed like every time the Leafs, any team turned it over, there was a rush the other way. Like... That I want to know if if they skated more on average in tonight's game than they have in the last couple of games because it seemed like every time they turned over the puck, it created a quality chance on both sides, both ways. As soon as Nashville would turn it over, the Leafs would get just a prime scoring opportunity, but Soros would stand tall. And as the game went on, like I said, I don't know if it's last year's helmet or if, if Samsonov just felt better as the game went on, but it really felt like the Leafs were going to break through in the third. There were a couple of really good opportunities. Even though both teams got more power plays again as the third went on, Nashville took the first one in the third. Um, the Leafs kill it off, or the Leafs, sorry, Nashville got a power play uh, two minutes and 18 seconds into the third period. The Leafs killed it off. Nashville takes a penalty, delay of game. Uh, the Preds kill it off. And it was just, it was two back-to-back penalties that, you know, they talk about things that stop the game. And I know that they're trying to make it so that the games are more exciting. But you you have a, a puck over, you have a delay of game. It's not a puck over the glass penalty. It's the delay of game penalty. Followed directly by a too many men penalty. And even though Keefe was laughing on the bench, I have to imagine that he wasn't. He was sort of laughing to not bite the face off the referees. Um, Barry trips Matthews on, to lead to a four on four at the end of that power play or that PK. And the Leafs, unfortunately, cannot capitalize on the four on four or the ensuing power play. Domi hits the crossbar with just over a few minutes to go to save it. Uh, UC Soros again saves with seven seconds to go and they kill it off. We go to overtime and one leaf, just the one, just the one, just the one touches the puck in overtime. As soon as the National Predators got it, they did not give it up. Like 
Credit where credit's due, man. I'm I'm not usually someone, like I said, to pump the tires of the winning team. But as soon as Nashville got the puck, they were so relentless. They were they they made smart plays. They weren't pushing. They weren't taking reckless chances. They weren't trying to force anything. They were comfortable leaving the zone and then re-entering. The Leafs barely got a chance. For goodness sake, Ryan, Morgan Riley ended up on the ice for like two minutes and four seconds. And the the power the OT was only two minutes and twenty five seconds long, like you he got stranded and it was just the the Preds were able to hem the Leafs in, and you know lo and behold Roman Yossi buries it with two forty seven to go and and that's it. Now the good thing is the Leafs get to go home. I think they get a couple days off. Someone can someone can someone can check that for me. Um, the Leafs get a couple days off and then they come home and they start out back next week. Uh, on Tuesday against the LA Kings. So they have a couple days off to recover, but unfortunately fall in overtime to UC Saros, Ryan O'Reilly, Tyson Berry, and the Nashville Predators. I'm a little parched after that spiel, so let me hydrate. Hydrate, everybody, especially if you're at one of those Halloween parties. So what do I think of Sam Snow's performance? Excellent question, Nicholas. Um, to start the game off, I was glad he made the first save. That was nice to see. The second and third save as well. You know, you, you you make it out of the first three, not letting one in, which is a nice change considering the last couple games how he started. He's looked really shaky from the beginning. Um, it seemed like I said, and I have said through this whole stream, that as he played, as he got some confidence, as he made some saves successfully, he seemed to be playing it a little bit better, finding the puck through through the crowd a little bit better, making better reads. He seemed to have a, a lot of really good rebound control tonight. When the pucks were coming and hitting him and he was doing his little, like, I don't know what you would call it, like a little sumo crab clench, it really stuck to him, which was nice to see. The the last couple games, some of the goals that have come against Samsonov is because he makes that initial save, but the second or third save he just isn't able to make because he it just bounces off of him and it's and it's unfortunate and it looks like you know with a you know a couple days off like taking a game off some extra training with Curtis Sanford that maybe that is starting to turn the corner which would be great because as the game went on if he continues to play like he did in the second and third period I have no doubt that he's gonna he's gonna make gonna make a full comeback and and maybe challenge Joseph Wall for the net at this point because even though he's only played, what, six periods total? I gotta say, I think Joseph Will would have made that first save tonight against Ryan O'Reilly. I, And maybe that's just recency bias. That's entirely possible. Because there's something about the way Joseph Wall plays in the net that just feels a little bit more secure. He seems to have his pads just a bit tighter to the ice, a bit tighter to the post. And... And my initial thought when Samsonov let that first goal in was uh, that Joseph Wall probably would have made that save. And ma and maybe that's the difference between a goalie like Samsonov and a goalie like you see Saros because Saros was lights out tonight. He was so good. And there's a big difference between a goalie that that that's that good and our and our and our arguable starter right now. I think it's fair to say that nothing is settled in terms of who is the official starter. I mean, for goodness sakes, we're on game nine. It's not even a tenth of the way through the season. But it looks like maybe Samsonov is starting to turn the corner, which is, I think, good to see. Um, now, let's talk about something else that happened, actually, 
Um, I didn't actually know this until about a third of the way through the period when uh, SCPN producer Robert Malloy sent me something in our chat telling me that Joe Thornton retired tonight. Uh, former Leaf Joe Thornton, his one season with the Leafs, obviously short but sweet. Uh, nothing but good things to say about Joe Thornton and, and his short time with us. Also retiring today, uh, Thomas Placanitz. Him and his 17 games as a Leaf. Congratulations to both of you for retirement. Can we get some stick taps in the chat for both of those former Leafs? Uh, Jumbo, I mean, in full fashion, right? If you go on on Twitter, sorry, X right now, the, the video's going around like wildfire. And how is Joe Thornton dressed, everybody? What does he not have on? He's got a hat. Missing a tarp. Looks like he's got a sweet tan going on, too. It was nice of him to to post the video the way that he did. Normally, when players retire, you know, they make, they they send someone, like, a, I guarantee this is how it happens. They write something out in their phone in, like, the Notes app, and they screenshot it and send to someone that, you know, is works in their company or whatever, or works for their former team. And they make it this nice big graphic with all the, the features and everything. No way. <laughs> Joe Thornton just takes a selfie video shirtless and is like, so, everybody's wondering where I am. Well, I retired. Everybody take care. <laughs> it was great. It was so good to see him. He looks so happy and uh, wishing him a long, happy life. I'm sure that he will not actually be away from hockey for too long. Um, like most hockey players, it sounds like he just needs some time away. Gonna spend some time with the fam, and I, I don't, I don't see a world where he's not involved in hockey in the same way, shape, or form. It might not be with the NHL, right? I mean, I believe that he lives with his his wife and their kids in like Switzerland or somewhere, and uh, I, you have to imagine that he is going to um, be involved in hockey in some way over there because. When you make a sport like that your whole life, and it's very well known how much Joe loves being at the rink and being a part of hockey and having it be a part of his day. And even though I'm sure he is going to take some time away and spend it with his family and everything, you know, addicts come back to 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 their sport of choice. Just like all of us at the end of every season when we're like, well, the Leafs have hurt me and I won't be back next year. Well, here you are. And we love having you, so... Um, uh, this is the midpoint of the stream, so I'm just going to say make sure you guys hit like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, so, again, congratulations to both of those former Leafs for retiring, wishing them a long, happy retirement. Don't be away too long, though, Joe. Um, moreover, like I said, William Nylander extending his eight-goal game streak. We got to talk about this guy, man. You know, it's funny. At the beginning of the season, I didn't really know... I didn't really know how I felt about the whole situation. To be totally honest with you, I didn't I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I thought that they were going to do. I didn't know if they were going to extend him. As the games go on, it seems more and more like they want to extend him and they are giving he is giving the team more reasons to extend him and that is very quickly hitting the add button onto the bottom of his contract. And at this point you know, if you had asked me a month ago how I felt about it, I I wouldn't have had a, a clear answer. I think at this point, I'm I'm pretty willing to suffer through a really bad year next year if it means that we can guarantee, pardon me, that he's going to be a Leaf for a long time. He's just too good, everybody. Like, he's just too good. He The plays that he makes, the space that he's able to make, even though I don't even think he got on the score sheet tonight, um, even though he, he didn't 
Oh, he did get a goal. What am I talking about? Um, even though he is going to cost a lot and it's going to mean that the rest of our team is handicapped. I just, it's becoming harder and harder to imagine the Leafs letting him walk. Even, even if you, you know, if you go on, if you go on to social media, or you follow any of the hockey analysts, they were talking to some of the Nashville Predator players about the contract. And I know Willie's a, uh, is friends with a couple, I think he's friends with Philip Forsberg on the Nashville Predators and they had dinner last night and it's other teams are even recognizing how good he is. Like if he goes to free agency, he's going to get such a big paycheck. It's going to make my head spin. And even though it's going to make us all suffer, I I don't know how we don't just suck it up and resign him and figure it out later. <sighs> you know, there was a stat that went out earlier today talking about how his ice time has gone up basically incrementally every year. And this year he's been... Even though I think Matthews is still leading... No, I, don't, I think he actually has more goals than Matthews at this point. He... He's just, he's playing like the best player. Even though he has his defensive liabilities, his ability to create space and his passability and his goal scoring this year has just, it's just been dazzling. I don't know. You can use whatever adjective you want. Whatever words you use, there's not going to be enough good ones because he's played so good and he's only making it harder for us to not consider the fact that maybe we need to just suffer and it's worth it because that's how good he is. That's how good he is. And I don't think it's an easy fix. Unfortunately, Michael, I don't think trading Marner is necessarily a solution. Um, I don't think you you suck up and trade one player for another um, in that way. Because even though I think there would be a long list of people that would take Marner. I just... There's got to be... There's got to be other ways to do it. I mean, I know Matthew's contract takes up a lot of the salary cap that's going to be you know, added this year, please, Gary. Um, but it's it's hard to imagine the Leafs not re-signing him by the end of the season. I think he's just made too good of an argument, man. Yeah, Mark, you make a good point. Year after year, he raises his game. I totally agree. And he's been, I I hate to say this, and even though I, I will admit I'm a bit, I was a bit of a William Nylander naysayer to some degree, it was very, very difficult to see him play as well as he did in the playoffs last year and see him not get signed over the summer, even though we all thought that he was going to be overpaid if he got overpaid in the summer. The reality is, is at this point, he's earning that overpayment. So, you know, I, I, <laughs> I opened up the stream talking about death taxes and former Leafs scoring against the Leafs. Do you, let me, let, let's just, let's all as a team, let's all close our eyes and just imagine a scenario really quick. Unless you're driving and you're listening on audio, please don't close your eyes. Do you want to think about William Nylander playing, I don't know, pick a, pick a team you don't like, playing against the Leafs and scoring against the Leafs and how much he would score against the Leafs? Do any of us want that? Come on. Even players that generally don't score a lot turn into 
Wayne actual Gretzky when they play against the Leafs. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's something in the water. You come drink the magic waters in Toronto, and then wherever you go after that, you, there's like like secret sauce that you're given before the game every game to score against the Leafs because it seems like every single team with a former Leaf, the Leaf is gonna score. Even look, let's look at, let's have let's let's do a quick rewind to Thursday. Who scored the goal for Dallas? Mason Marchment because. Death taxes and formally score against the Leafs. And I, I, if I have to watch William Nylander wear another team's jersey and score against the Leafs, my brain might actually pop off my neck like a daisy head. And there's just going to be screaming frustration out of the hole in the top of my torso. I don't want to think about it, guys. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Liberal has a good point. That overpayment seems like fair market value. It does. It really does. It It's seeming more and more reasonable and less like an overpayment and more that he's worth it. There has to be a way to make it work because I am going to lose my mind if I have to watch William Nylander score against the Leafs in another team's jersey. Plus, on a more personal note, I'm going to Sweden in May and it would be really nice if I could wear a Leafs Nylander jersey to Sweden. Just saying. And I can't do that if he plays for another team. That would just be awkward. So, you know, let's re-sign him, shall we? Uh, we're going to be nearing the end of the stream here, everybody. So make sure you get your questions in. Uh, uh, obviously, it's me just solo tonight. So I'm going to really quickly run through the chat here. Uh, God's Tomahawk, Swiss Cheese Samsonov. I mean, I, th- I think maybe at the beginning of the game, he was a little Swiss-esque. As the game went on, he seemed like more of a Gouda. Maybe it's still a little soft, not nice and hard like a Parmesan, but, you know, a little bit of give, but seem to be absorbing pretty well, right? Soft cheeses absorb things pretty well, even if Swiss cheese is soft, but has lots of holes in it. So I would say UC Soros, if we're talking, if we're comparing goalies to cheeses, UC Soros would be like, you know, a hard Reggiano cheese. Um, Are you worried about our D? Ah, yes, that is something we talked about. Thank you for reminding me. We do need to talk about that. So, um, on the Leafs, on the topic of the Leafs defense, it sounds like Jake McCabe is not going to be out long term, which is, it sounds like it's going to be good, as good news as good news can be when a player is not playing. It sounds like the injury that they thought was going to be causing some long-term problems is going to be significantly shorter than expected, which sounds like good news. I think I read somewhere that it was a, it was a groin issue, which never a good thing to uh, to injure. No one likes to not be able to walk. Um, and so William Lagason comes up tonight. Uh, I will say I didn't notice a lot of his play on the actual ice, which in general is a good thing. Right? Like, it's it's a good thing if I don't notice you and you're one of our D-men. It means you're not making any terrible defensive decisions. Um, so that's that was nice. But partway through the game, I think it was in the second period, Timothy Lilligren, what goes down the tunnel, goes to the least room, does not come back for the third. And actually, maybe someone, can we, if you, wa- if you watch like the Sportsnet stream, can someone just confirm that they also saw on the screen at one point that Tavares had gone to the room? Because I saw that. I had it, like, written down and everything. And then he was, like, back on the bench and didn't miss a shift. And so I thought maybe when Lilligren went off the ice, 
maybe he was just, you know, going and getting something fixed because it seemed like John Tavares left and then came back. So I thought, well, maybe Lilligren will be back, but doesn't sound like it. And as the third period winds on, the blender for the defense is in full swing. And uh, Timothy Lilligren, unfortunately, did not return to the game. Now, obviously, if Jake McCabe comes back in the next couple days, that would be good. And we can just sort of swing William Legison over to the other side. But the fact of the matter is, is that Timothy Lilligren's been pretty good this year. He, to start the season, has looked significantly better than he did last year. He still makes the occasional bad choice. But no, no D-man is perfect. Every single game, at least once a game, basically every defenseman makes a single mistake. Sometimes Timothy Lilligren's are just a little bit larger and more noticeable. Um, but... You know, again, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Not every single, not every single D can be Victor Hedman or you know Alex Petrangelo or pick top pairing defensemen. Um, am I worried? Yes, because it's the ninth game and we already have two injuries on our D, which is was concerning to start the season. If you're watching this, that means you know who Steve Dangle is, and Steve has been concerned about the D the whole season, and I don't think he's wrong. Uh, I think up till now they've played pretty well. Um, I imagine that if Lilligren's going to miss some time, which it sounds like might be the case, that maybe Simone Benoit comes up and gets an opportunity or Connor Timmins comes up and gets up. No, Connor Timmins is injured still. Um, so am I worried? Yes. Will they figure out? Well, they'll have to because we don't really have an opportunity. Thank you, Leslie. Yes, they did say that. Okay, thank goodness. I thought I was losing my cookies, my days. Uh, just soft in front of our own, Curtis Joseph, just soft in front of our own goal. That was something that I noticed tonight. It looks like on that same thread, Curtis, you have to make a good point. The Leafs on the power play tonight really seem to be trying to make something happen with the tic-tac-toe with the guy standing just to the one side of the net with the, the pass right in front of the net back up for a one-timer. It just doesn't seem to connect tonight. Um, it, it looks like the Leafs are going to make a full recovery in terms of their power play. They did get a power play goal tonight, which was nice to see. Would have liked to have seen them get another one, but uh, they they are definitely not playing very well in front of their net, and it is going to be a, a growing concern as the season goes on because if you watch hockey and you watch the NHL, then you obviously watch some form of playoff hockey, and a lot of the goals that end up happening in the playoffs are those ones in front of our net, and currently... The people that are in front of the net are not the people that we want there. More than a couple times tonight, it was Ryan Reeves in front of the net or Austin Matthews, which, mm, yes, you're capable, but you're too valuable to be in that position. That's not where you're supposed to be. You're okay covering the point, and you're okay you know, covering the mid-ice and the center, and that's fine, and could block a couple shots, but I don't really want Austin Matthews to be the person that's getting cross-checked in the spine and being having it played like a xylophone from, from the, the Simpsons uh, when we have defensemen who should probably be doing that. Klingberg looked okay tonight. He's still making some interesting past decisions um, and some interesting placement decisions on the on the power play tonight at one point Mitch Marner passed the puck into what what would have been the center of the ice where normally the defenseman stands and Klingberg is like way off to the side like at the half board like so far out of position it led to a really good scoring opportunity the other way and it was 
it was one of those ah, chances as as you know the puck got closer and closer to our own goal so um i imagine at some point some form of trade has to happen i don't know who it involves uh i don't know what pieces would go the other way i don't know who would be going out and i don't know who would be coming back but especially if a couple injuries keep happening then I imagine we might have to get somebody else that's maybe a little bit more defensively responsible. Um, it was nice to see our defense score tonight because that has been something. I think we're like 29th in the league when it comes to scoring from the blue line, so it was nice to see Gio get one tonight. But we need it more consistently. See, consistently. Um, Morgan Riley has been our best defenseman by a, by a country mile so far this season, and he can't be the only one banking in goals consistently and I really thought that Klingberg would have gotten one by now he had a couple really good chances tonight but they just didn't go through and it seems to be like this bad cycle that's happening with him where he's sort of cheating to try to get an opportunity and while he's creating opportunities it's it's creating defensive liabilities going the other way which is I would hope it would be a little more balanced um we need help on the back end yeah uh definitely need more growl on the blue line okay so since we're talking about the defense who would you guys who would you want put it in the chat that's what we're here for put in the chat what kind of trade you were looking for are you looking for a defensive defenseman are you looking for a one-for-one -one trade for matt dumba for john klingberg because that would be nice i think they have an almost identical cap hit now I don't know if they would both be willing to make that happen, but I'm pretty sure that it would be possible because Klingberg's been okay. He's been serviceable. Uh, I don't really love that he's on power play one. I wish that they would give that back to Morgan Riley, but you have to imagine that at some point something needs to change because it just seems like the defense is getting bailed out or not getting bailed out as much as they could be. It seems like they're really struggling to make really good um, decisions in terms of puck management, the new guys. And obviously the level of injuries that have so far happened, again, we're only nine games in and we've already had two injuries with our limited and already worrisome defensive uh, pairings. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's only a matter of time. I think it's, an, I think it's a when, not an if. Can I put it that way? Uh, oh my Josh, with every game Nylander plays, his prospective AAV rises another $100,000. I actually think that's, I actually think you're probably pretty close to being on the nose there. I think at the beginning of this season, we were all talking about like, oh, you're worth maybe nine, not, not more than that. Maybe nine, three, nine, five, if we're stretching it, but definitely not close to 10. And I would say in the last, what will be 10 games as of Tuesday, he has earned himself another million dollars. You know, I don't, I, you can't look at the minutes. If you watch just a highlight pack, if his play on the ice so far this season, he is a head and shoulders above a lot of players on the team. Now, granted, our bottom six hasn't been scoring as much as we would like them to. It has been the majority of the goals that have been scored have been scored by the big four, which, okay, is their job. But William Nylander has been playing like a man out of his mind and I think it's probably an accurate thing that you, uh, probably an accurate average. Now, at some point, that bubble has to burst, right? I love William Nylander. He's playing very well. Is he better than Austin Matthews? No. So to some degree, eventually, that hole will have to be plugged. And it's just a matter of 
will we actually be able to afford that whenever that bubble does pop? Because at this point, he's playing himself out of Toronto's ability to keep him under contract. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want him to play worse, but it means that he's very good and is quickly becoming out of reach in terms of reasonability for signing for a reasonable contract. Uh, Curtis Joseph, keep doesn't like toughness, prefers skill, needs the right mix. I'd like to see Domi get his first goal as a Leaf. I was hoping Domi would get his first goal as a Leaf. Uh, sad that it didn't happen tonight. Are you on Big Z from Calgary? That, I mean, that wouldn't be bad. We have Benoit. I don't like the idea of paying Benoit. Um, Benoit had a tough preseason. I went to one of the preseason games. The preseason game where he had three penalties against him. Now, maybe that's just jitters and that's just, you know, the preseason refs being preseason refs. But there's been a lot of penalties called so far this season, more so than I was expecting to still be called at this point. Um, and if they continue to call penalties as 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 frequently as they have been, Simone Benoit might struggle with that just because he, he makes some really good plays, but sometimes they... They come with a cost, right? Not to sound like, not to sound like a, a character from a show, but here we are. Um, uh, with the right moves, Benoit can look can look at Hall and Derm and Detroit can play. Look at Hall and Detroit. Uh, let's not talk about Justin Hall. He's not a Leaf anymore, so we're not going to discuss Justin uh, Justin Hall. I keep imagining him with a Canes jersey, and it's awful. Yeah. Who, William Nylander? Is that who you're talking about, Fernanda? Oh, I don't want to think about that. No, he's not jerky enough. He's not jerky enough. He, I would, I don't want, we're not going to talk about, I'm sorry. I would love to answer your question in more detail. I, I refuse to put into the universe William Nylander playing in another jersey than the Leafs, so. Sorry. Uh, I think if Benoit gets some reps, he'll find his game on a better team. Uh, I, I. If you want to use that as a reason to bring him up and as trade bait, we could have that conversation. I just don't know how they do that without sacrificing the season. It seems kind of counterproductive to bring someone up just to get them playing just to trade them. But I guess it's happened in the past. I imagine that one of our rookies would be involved in one of those trades. It And we don't have a lot of choice in terms of decent rookies to send their way obviously nice is off the table but with the with the preseason and the beginning of the season that fraser minton had i guess it depends on what the trade piece is but i have to imagine that if another team is willing to make a trade with the leafs to give them what every other team in the league knows they need and which is defense that it's going to come with a price tag in the shape of fraser minton and i don't know if it's worth that oh you mean for the leafs um, with nine games in, what do we think, uh, do we think Ant the new guys? I don't know what, sorry, Fernanda, I don't, I don't, I don't know what your question meant. When is Timmons due back? I'm not sure. I think on, uh, Cat Friendly solicited as week to week. Um, I don't think they had a timeline fully established for his return. Um, I know he got injured right at the end of preseason, so, um, uh, we wish him a speedy recovery so that he can come back and play good games for us because I actually think that Connor Timmons, if you want to know my real thought, I think that by the end of the season there is a slim chance that Connor Timmons is a main staple on this team. But 
that's my just conspiracy brain. Uh, so if anybody has any more questions, get them in because I'm probably going to wrap the stream up here. Um, I want to say thank you all for being here, uh, hanging out with me in my living room. Uh, I love talking to all of you tonight. If I didn't get to your question, I'm sorry. Um, please make sure to follow STPN. Make sure you guys go check out the other game overs that are happening tonight. There was a head-to-head, -head, um, I believe, between the Jets and, and Montreal, I believe. And tomorrow... Actually, if anybody that's watching or listening to this is actually in Alberta, um, tomorrow there's going to be the Heritage Classic game, of course, the Battle of Alberta between Calgary and Edmonton. And there's actually going to be a live game over filmed in Edmonton at the Pint uh, on, I believe it's Whitley Street, Whitley Street or something in downtown Edmonton. Uh, all I will post all of those links uh, down in the comment section as soon as we finish up here. Um, but like I said, thank you all for being here. I hope you all have a wonderful night. Um, the Leafs will be back and I will be back with them on Tuesday, um, against the LA Kings and actually next week, if you want to know a secret, there's going to be a very big guest on, on the 6th on Monday. I'm not going to tell you who, but if you happen to have ever heard of a band called Joy Drop, that's my mic drop. That is your Easter egg. So I will have a guest on next week. Make sure you guys go check out all of the other game moves that are happening tonight and tomorrow. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. And if you had a good time, please come back. I will be back on Tuesday with another one of the hosts. So we will see you then. Leafs unfortunately fall to Nashville in overtime, but ending the road trip strong, getting one of the two points, and we will be back on Tuesday evening. Have a great night, everybody.